0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to The Carb Podcast. My name is Madeline. I'm your host. Thank you so much for tuning in on this special episode. Let's get started. A couple of y'all requested that we talk about relationships and purity, and, and I've been really excited to get into this because I think that especially where the demographic of listeners is, is more people my age who are getting into more serious relationships or maybe you're in high school and are going through beginning of dating and so this is a really exciting episode um we're going to be talking about friendships dating relationships marriage breaking up purity we're going to be kind of addressing it all and it's definitely going to be a lot of information packed into these quick little episodes but i'm really excited about my guest my mom julie brown i'm really excited that she's here it's long overdue that she's been on the podcast so Um, Mom go ahead and just introduce yourself. Hi. Well, thank you for
1: that. I'm excited for that day So I am Madeline's mom very proud to be her mom and I have been a teacher married for 23 years I didn't get married until I was 30 almost 31. So I had a lot of experience dating and meeting people and uh, being in relationships and not being in relationships I have also, one of the classes I taught at our co-op was about how to be a godly girl. It was kind of designed for those tweeners as they were getting ready to enter into teens and dating and just to try to help guide them in all of the craziness and confusion that could come with that.
0: Kind of diving straight in, I'm gonna give a couple of verses. Um, we're gonna start off by talking about friendships. And I just wanna start out by saying that our world and our culture have a lot to say about our relationships, especially on social media. You can't scroll more than two times without seeing this is a sign they're cheating on you break up with them before they break up with you or a post about how cutting people out of your life is the best thing you could ever do and i think social media has a huge influence on our relationships and i'm definitely going to get into that later when we talk about the dating part of this we were made for community in fact the purpose of church is to learn and grow together in community the bible has a lot to say about community we're designed for relationships our first initial relationship is a relationship with Christ our relationships on earth should be a model of the relationship we have with Christ obviously it's not gonna be the same because one of us is perfect and one of us isn't but we are to treat others the way that we would want to be treated and keep Christ in the center of our relationship and then Ecclesiastes 4 verse 9 through 12 also NASB: two are better than one because they have good return for their labor for if either of them falls the one will lift up his companion, but woe to the one who falls when there is not another to lift him up. Furthermore, if two lie down together, they keep warm, but how can one be warm alone? And if one can overpower him who is alone, two can resist him. A cord of three strands is not quickly torn apart. So the reason I wanted to just start off with these verses is the Bible makes it super clear that we need each other. And as we'll talk about later, especially in the dating part, keep these verses in the back of your head when we kind of start. Getting into the content for today what a biblical friendship looks like and to start this out I'll kind of give some of my experience so um, as some of you may know I've moved around quite a few times just about every three years so five states overall and it's definitely been tricky making friends in a constantly changing environment Uh, my first best friend was named juliana she lived in pennsylvania i met her when i was in the three to six year age range and she was my favorite person ever and we clicked so well and then obviously i moved and i've had different best friends throughout time and each friendship has been completely different from the next and each friendship is good in its own way and i've gone through periods of my life where i haven't had friends Or i've had big groups of friends and i'm really excited to kind of get into what a biblical friendship looks like because i have had friends before who i haven't really sought out the biblical side of it it's just kind of been like okay like i guess i'll just be friends with this person and there's nothing wrong with that but those deep biblical friendships They bear so much more fruit than just a regular friend. Just to get started. First of all, Proverbs has a lot of wisdom in it. It was written by King Solomon. Um, He was gifted with wisdom from God. So a lot of these verses are from there. As always, I encourage you all to do your own research and really dive into the word and, and figure out what the Bible is saying to you. To start off, a true friend shows love no matter what, Proverbs 17, 17. A true friend gives heartfelt advice, bringing joy to the heart, Proverbs 27, 9. A true friend rebukes when necessary, but the correction is done in love, Proverbs 27, verse 5 through 6.
1: It also says in Proverbs 27, 17, that a true friend influences, enlivens, and sharpens. Proverbs sixteen twenty eight says a true friend avoids gossip. That's pretty huge. Uh, Proverbs 17, 9, a true friend forgives and does not hold grudges. Proverbs 18, 24, a true friend is loyal. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12, kind of paraphrased here, a true friend
0: helps in the time of need. These are all just really short, quick excerpts from the verses um, themselves, but this kind of is a great outline of what a friend looks like. Someone who makes you better, someone who avoids a sinful lifestyle and who is there for you at all times. For girls especially, we kind of fall into this, the gossip especially, and that's when a friendship kind of stops becoming biblical.
1: If I can interrupt, when Madeline was probably around five or six, um, we were new to an area, new to California, making friends. And there was a probably a trio of girls that you had become friends with. Mm-hmm. And I can remember it was around that age, uh, just talking to you at night because five and six-year-olds aren't necessarily gossiping, but there that's when I first started seeing just some selfishness and some ugliness coming out because of jealousy. One girl was jealous that two of the girls were, you know, closer and trying to angle her way in. And you, Madeline, were kind of stuck in the middle because you were trying to be the peacemaker and you wanted to be friends with everyone. And it just made it really, really hard to develop a friendship because you're walking on eggshells all the time. Who do I trust? Who's going to, you know, who's actually authentic and real? We'll look out for the friendship rather than themselves. And it's just interesting that that started
0: at such a young age mm-hmm, definitely and it only gets worse in middle school and in high school especially when boys come into the mix and then girls just go crazy so if you are in middle school or high school listening i promise it gets better i think a lot of
1: it with girls in particular is due to just simple insecurities yeah i really don't think anybody plans on being um mm-hmm. kind of selfish or gossipy or hurtful But we end up doing it because we just are insecure. And I think that goes a lot to what you're saying with social media. That plays into all of that insecurity
0: and uncertainty. On the flip side for guys who are listening, it might not be that you struggle with gossip so much, but I want to add that in guys' relationships, obviously it's it's different. You're not necessarily talking about super deep emotional things all the time, but I would encourage you to uh, make yourselves available to be there for each other and let your friends know that you do care about them and not necessarily in a super sappy way, but be there for each other and have these conversations about Jesus and avoid talking about lustful things and encouraging sinful things in your friends. Keep each other accountable. Um, a lot of this still applies, the loyalty, the um, influence and the sharpens because I heard this quote that I stick to a lot. You are the the... Makeup of the five closest people to you. So, who are those five closest people? Are they people that are encouraging you to, oh, do it, bro? Like that would be so sick, but you know it's wrong. Or is it someone that is going to be challenging you to do the right thing? So, I would definitely keep that in the back of your mind. There's no part of this that doesn't apply to um, to anyone. I kind of want to get into what is a friendship with a non-believer or those who live differently than you look like, and To kind of start this off, I wanna talk about how in high school, I had a friend group that was just a bunch of very different people. For me, I love bringing people together who are different. I think that there's something really beautiful about um, and challenging about spending time with people who are different than you. But it started to get tricky when I found myself, especially freshman year, hanging out with people who weren't really good influences on me. And I started doing things like, to be transparent, like cussing. And that's something that I never did and I don't do now. But I started doing these things that I was like, this is not me. And it's because I'm hanging out with these people who were non-believers, who were living lives of sin. And so I really had to start distancing myself and especially my senior year when I, I really started to take my faith seriously, I completely distanced myself because I just really couldn't handle being around these people who were bringing me down. Let me also say that I do have multiple friends. In fact, one of my best friends is a non-believer and that's okay too, but I needed to get to the point in my faith where I was mature enough to say, that's how you live your life, but I'm not going to let it affect me. For friendships with non-believers is, it's good to have someone who pushes us and tests us, but the friendship can only go so far because you're not connecting on that deep spiritual level. 1 Corinthians 15.33 says, do not be deceived, bad company ruins good morals. So who are you spending time with, with this non-believer this person who lives differently than you? Even if it is a Christian who's living a life of sin, is that genuine faith? It's not. If you're a new believer or someone who's not mature in their faith like I was back freshman year, I would say watch out for this because this is a way that Satan drags us right back into the lifestyle that we just got out of by surrounding us with people who are just gonna tear us back. Definitely watch out.
1: And it, it can be a very slow process where you don't even realize that you're changing or making compromises. And then the next thing you know, you might not recognize yourself and who you've become and what you're doing. And then it's a long road back. Yeah. I mean, you can, you can do it. It's not like, oh, don't be friend. Don't be friends with anyone who's not a Christian.
0: So the last thing I wanna say about friendships is how do we handle friendships that are unhealthy or even recognize that maybe this isn't a friendship that's necessarily serving me as I should. And how do I handle that? How do I say to someone, I'm sorry, but this friendship is just not good for me. Um, There's been multiple times in my life where someone has just straight up told me essentially broke up with me in the friendship sense. And it was really, really painful for me. And I still don't understand why to this day. And that's definitely not the way to go about it. Be firm and stand firm in your convictions. But at the same time, we're called to do these things with grace. Telling someone how awful they are is, is not the way to go. Proverbs warns us about friendships that lead us into sin or encourage and allow it. My advice would be that if you sense that there's a friendship that's not serving you, it's okay to say, hey, I need some space. Be graceful about it, but it's okay. Recently, I left Rebecca, as I've talked about before. I just had the sense that God was giving me a hard reset. Um, I don't think I talked to anyone from there anymore, which is super crazy that that just ended so abruptly. A few months later, I started kind of reconnecting with these people with a couple people from Trevecca. And so it just took some space for those friendships to kind of have a reset. And
1: I think that you want to make sure that you have boundaries.
0: Yeah. And so with friendships that might be unhealthy
1: or whether they're with Christians or non-believers, you need to know what your boundaries are. And until you can identify those, you're going to run a risk. So, I think for me, when I'm when I'm talking about friendships and that kind of thing, just people who are asking, I would say you need to know your boundaries. Um, where 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 are they? Are they boundaries set by Christ, or is that the standard? Or are you going to go with worldly boundaries because those are two very different things? So, once you know your boundaries and set your boundaries and decide to live by your boundaries, especially if they're godly, Christ centered boundary boundaries.
0: And I'm so grateful for these friendships that i have and i want to stress kind of concluding this this friendship segment right here like having a friendship with the same gender is really important i did not realize how much i needed good girlfriends until this year when i finally had them and i was like oh my word having christian girlfriends is so important you can't just have a boyfriend you can't just have 100 percent agree with that uh
1: it took me a little bit longer to figure out that i needed girlfriends i think we all will a- agree that girls are just tricky and we can be catty and we can be superficial and shallow and all those things. And what I have found is that I don't necessarily need to be surrounded by numerous people. I, I don't need a group. I don't need a posse. I just one, two people that I know I can depend on and I am in really good shape. Now that doesn't mean I don't have other friends. I'm just talking about the really close ones that I can get hundred percent real with be myself and know that they are there to help me and not judge me.
0: Yeah. And in high school, I had a super big group of friends and that kind of whittled down as I kind of started distancing myself. And then I still do. I've had a lot of people come up to me and say, Oh my word, you have so many friends. And I'm like, I do, but I'm also a pretty private person. And I really only share deep things with just a couple people and especially important life decisions it's really just a couple people that i would that i really go to i'm I'm super picky with who i spend my time with so that's really important too is it's great to have both of those it's good to have a big group of friends you can do fun activities with but having those few people that you're close with are they're key in conclusion for this segment on friendships um choose your friends wisely you are the top five people that you hang out with and It's really important that the people you spend your time with are going to be pushing you and making you better and who are going to be loyal to you and are people that you can confide in and who are going to keep you accountable to your faith and push you in that. For me, I've always wanted really, really good friends. And it's something that I've prayed for for so long. And I'm so, so grateful that even though I had to wait 20 years, I have it now. And it was worth the wait. It was really worth the wait. And all of the past friendships that I've had that have really hurt my feelings have been... um, good experiences, because now I'm really grateful for the friends that I do have.
1: One thing to add to that, since I'm a few years down the road from you, is I would agree that with you, I think you have just a terrific group of kids, of young adults with you, excuse me. (laughs) You have a terrific group of friends with you, around you, and I'm so happy for you. Um, I can say that this is one of those areas that you will forever be meeting new people and making new friends. And let's say you graduate from college and you start a job, whether you graduate from college or not, you're starting a job, new people, new friends. And you do have to start over and you do have to choose wisely. And for me, since we had moved around so much, um, I found it, it felt like I was making a really great friend and then it was time to move. And I was so sad because I was losing that friendship at least the proximity of it. The friendship never died. It was just being accessible that kind of went away. But here's what I learned, here's the wisdom, is God provided everywhere I went, he provided another friend. And sometimes that friend, they didn't fill the other friend's place. What they did was they rounded it out for me in an area that, oh, now you need a little refining or a little more support in this area. And, and God, just placed people. And so I started to get the attitude when we would move to a new place. Ooh, wonder, wonder he's going to introduce me to now? What am I going to find here? Who am I going to meet? And I tried to switch my perspective as, a, as instead of poor me, what am I losing? It's okay. What's ahead and yeah. go positive with that kind of aspect. So
0: I've, I've got friends now that I would, I would say I have different friends for everything. I've got friends that I love to talk Jesus about I've got friends that I can go hiking with I've got friends that I can go get my nails done with go travel with and go to the pool with and different friends who maybe some of them don't like certain things but some of them do like certain things that's really cool too because like you said it kind of just rounds it out I mean there's it's really cool that not every single person is the same not every relationship is going to be the same and to your point
1: that not everyone is the same I can specifically remember uh, when I met my one of my best friends in California, we'd been there a very short time. The kids were in a gymnastics class and uh, they had a parent meeting and I'm sitting there looking around and I didn't know a single soul. And I looked over at this woman and she looked to me just very California-ish, right? She was blonde and pretty and all this and I'm um, brunette and... Pretty just normal, I think. And so I remember looking at her and I was like, oh, she'll never, we'll never be friends. I don't think we have anything in common or anything to talk about. And God took that and He was like, well, guess what? Yes, you do. She ended up being one of my best friends. And another friend kind of happened the same way in that when I first met her, she was busy doing something and was very distracted. And I thought, oh, This person, what do I want to be spending time with her for? She doesn't have time for anybody. She's, you know, obviously got her mind somewhere else. And I kind of wrote her off only to discover that when I actually had time with her and we got to talking, oh my goodness, we became the best of friends and we were able to just be completely open with each other about our lives. And she turned out to be one of my very best friends as well. So that's what I mean. Like I kind of get... I kind of get a little excited about, okay, who's it gonna be that I am not suspecting? You know, you right. look around you're like, oh, that's surely that person's gonna be my really good friend because whatever reasons. And God's like, oh, really? We'll watch this.
0: Yeah, that's definitely so. happened to me so many times. <laughs> but I am so grateful for all of my friends now. And I know you're so grateful for yours. And God has definitely blessed us yes. with really sweet friendship.